Hello, everyone. It is Bryson here, back with an emergency episode of Title Talk. We were going to record this episode anyway, but it just so happened that Antonio Brown decided to be not so smart, LB. Would you say not so smart? It's kind of sad because literally like two days ago, we were talking about how like he's such a smart football player, which is always going to be true. He's a very smart football player. Um, we were talking about him in comparison to Moss, you know, how smart they are on the football field. But yet off the field, Antonio Brown is quite literally one of the stupidest human beings on the face of the planet. LB, I really don't think you're wrong. I think everyone can say this. He was supposed to play this Sunday and then text uh, one of like a former accuser, like someone he knew in the past. I did some paintings for him. He's, like, texting them in a group chat for, like, no reason, essentially, which was, like, by the way, an extremely dumb thing to do. And like I said, a lot of people can say that, oh, he wasn't intimidating her. Well, yeah, he was. He was intimidating her because he was pressuring her, pressuring her to, like, stop what she was doing. And, and maybe it was, at a, it was at a low level of intimidation, but at the end of the day, like, he was still intimidating her, like, and it was very, very stupid. It forced Belichick to talk about it. He was very mad about this. <laughs> we kind of saw it in his eyes at the press conference. Like, he was done with Antonio Brown. Like, I'm, did Antonio Brown practice today? Like, I'm pretty sure he even practiced. So this, all this stuff came out. and He did practice. Yeah, all this stuff came out so fast. The league saw it Wednesday. And as, as soon as we heard about it, I really didn't think it would be this big of a deal, but... But apparently the Patriots were tired of Antonio Brown's shit, and to be honest, I don't blame them. It's sad because myself and a few others, we were up late last night. We talked about it in our uh, in our Patriots group chat that we have on Twitter. Um, and I said at that point, I said it in two chats. I said this is going to be what is this is going to be what's what undoes undoes. What's the word I'm looking for? Un un. This is. I'm I'm like don't don't mind me don't even edit this out I'm trying to think of the word what's the word I'm looking for here un, unravel un, unravel yeah unravel's good I don't know why I can't think of the word like I was thinking undoes but that just does not sound correct that sounds really bad <laughs> uh, this is gonna be what what is the unraveling of Antonio Brown is these text messages because look man like the rest of it. These accusations and all that stuff at the face of it, I think a lot of people that weren't even Patriots fans were looking at a lot of this and they were saying, you know what, man, this this looks like extortion. This looks wrong. This looks bad. And then, you know, the other stuff comes out uh, Monday from SI. Um, another woman says that he was walking around naked in a towel, I think it was, which is, you know, again, I, I don't know. We, we didn't have much to go on. Um, the woman wasn't pressing charges. That's the main thing everybody should take away from that. She wasn't pressing charges, okay? She didn't say that she wanted, you know, him to, him to go to – there was nothing. There was, there was nothing more to it than it was just a story. The Patriots didn't comment on it. The Patriots had him practicing every day. So that tells you their stance on it. It was kind of a, eh, you know, he's going to play. But what does Antonio do? Antonio Wednesday night decides to take it into his own hands. This is, you know, after the NFL – Many uh, NFL beat reporters report, you know, hey, you practice on Wednesday. Um, the NFL usually rules by this point. It looks like he's eligible to play. He's going to play on Sunday. So he, the Patriots were going forward thinking this man's going to play versus the Jets. And then last night it comes out. This woman who had no problem telling people um, 
what had ha- what had occurred in the past with him. He thought it was a good idea to start texting her, telling her that she's broke, that she's a bad person, which I'm sorry, as on, on a human level here, and not a Patriots fan level, but as a, on a human level, those are just really dick shitty things to say to somebody, which we kind of already knew he was a dick shitty person, but weren't we kind of hoping to get away from all that? Like we've talked on past podcasts, maybe this will be what grows him up. This will be like the turning point in his life. Well, it wasn't. He's still texting this woman. He's sending her pictures of her kids. Your family looks broke, blah, 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 saying all this stuff. And not just that, my favorite part of all this, or least favorite, I guess I should say, was he had his lawyer in this little group chat that he made, this little text chat. And when they reached out to his lawyer, they said, you know, we were aware he was going to do this. He said, no, I wasn't. You notice I didn't reply. And once I kind of read all that, it hit me, you know, this is a human being who is totally just off the rails, not football wise, football wise to me. I mean, anybody that watched Sunday, he looks as good as ever, man. He looks as good as he's ever looked. But as a human and the things that he does, I think it's time to just realize, you know, Antonio Brown has always been a shit human being. He's going to remain a shit human being, and he might not ever change from that at this point in his life. Yeah, it'll be. It's honestly really sad. And the news also is reporting that Drew Rosenhaus and him has broken contact with each other. So now, like, probably going to his agent's going to get rid of him or he's going to fire his agent, which is like a really good contact for a lot of these players. Their agent is like their go to guy for just about everything. So it is a very sad situation. I hope Antonio Brown kind of gets his life in check here, man. Like as a person, like he's he's messed up. He's done some really bad things, maybe some worse things that we're not completely sure about. He was a Patriot for a week. It might be like the strangest thing I've ever seen in my entire life in literally sports. Like Antonio Brown was a Patriot. Every day I woke up, it was insane thinking about the Andy, Antonio Brown being a Patriot. And then now he's gone, like all of a sudden so fast. <laughs> and it was all in his hands and it was right there for him. Like he, I don't believe he was, if it wasn't for these texts, He's probably not going on the exemplist. The Patriots probably aren't cutting him. All this probably hasn't happened, but Antonio Brown could not help himself. Number 17, forever cursed LB. Number 17, just forever cursed. Just to, just retire oh the gosh. number. Retire the number in infamy. Like, put it, you know, like the Hall of Fame? How about the Hall of Shame? Take number 17, put it up there, burn it, never give it to anyone else ever again. Get rid of number 17, please. I I didn't even think of that. You're absolutely right. Holy Christ. And he was probably the best at 17 to ever do it. <laughs> he was better than Aaron Dobson game. in one game than he was. He had better he had better numbers in one game than Aaron Dobson had career stats. And and I'll let you go. I, I just, you know, everything you just said is so spot on, man. You know, everything was so avoidable here. The rest of it perhaps was out of his control. You know, maybe he wasn't this these things that people were saying the rest of it was it was all out of his control and a lot of people backed him they supported him including the organization the text messages were absolutely 100% in his control and he blew it he absolutely blew it I'll be <laughs> like I said this is a golden opportunity for him he probably cashes out at the end of the year like do we really think a team's picking him up now like do we really I don't. I don't. I don't I don't see anybody signing him right now, at least not for the next I mean, look, the the New England Patriots are considered the best, the absolute best 
organization in sports, at taking somebody in who's troubled, making them all of a sudden conform to this Patriot way, um, making them all of a sudden buy into what that team is doing. And not just that, but they're considered the absolute best at minimalizing the minimizing the noise when they brought in Tebow when they had Hernandez when all these different things have happened they were considered the absolute best at taking a situation containing it and making it go away they did everything they could to contain the situation and make it go away but this one individual simply like wouldn't help them out on it which is really sad you know a lot of people stuck their neck out for this guy the patriots have gotten pummeled in the past week just pummeled and I mean, what team is sitting there right now saying, look, the Patriots couldn't handle it, but we can. I honestly really don't know, B. I don't see I, don't, I really don't see a team unless it's I really don't know. Like the Raiders would be the team that would be that stupid. But Antonio Brown, like also just really messed it up badly with the Raiders. It's <laughs> How is it even possible, man? I, I, Peyton, name one team, right? Like, let's let's name off a couple teams. I don't know. We know the Bills are out. They tried trading for them, so that situation's just already dog shit. Um, the Dolphins, no chance. Uh, they're just, I mean, they, they're trying to lose football games. The Jets, I mean, wh- why? Why would they bother? Um, another team that's probably just going to embrace the tank soon. I, I, I've been trying to think of teams. Some people have said Seattle. I guess I could kind of see Seattle. But we've also seen Pete Carroll kind of have his falling out with guys with the big egos. We saw how things ended with Richard Sherman. Um, I'm not sure that Pete Carroll's necessarily trying to go that route at this point in his career, at this at, at this age that he's currently in. Um, man, what, what team is left? I've heard people say Kansas City. I don't know if they're joking, but I can't imagine Kansas City making that move. I mean, can you can you actually see Kansas City signing Antonio Brown? Because I I can't. I really don't see any team picking up Antonio Brown right now. I think we pretty much just said it all about Antonio Brown. So let's move on. I think we're done with Antonio Brown. Let's wash our hands with him. He was a Patriot. We stuck up for him a little bit. And now it's over. End of an era. End of an era. Patriots legend Antonio Brown. Next up, Jalen Ramsey. What do you think, LB? Okay, so here's what I thought two days ago. I thought it was a silly discussion, but I still kind of had some fun with it. You know, I was asking people um, because there was this tweet that floated around. Um, what team would? What team was was it that was willing to trade a player and a first round pick for for uh, Jalen Ramsey? And it was it was kind of like a fun like brainstorming exercise just to just to gauge people uh us patriots fans as as it is um who would you trade for you know for jalen ramsey plus a first round pick me i kind of thought it was a goofy exercise but i had some fun with it but i thought it was just a zero percent chance and i usually and truthfully i kind of said it was a zero percent chance because i felt like the patriots already had their um hands full with as far as dumbasses go but now they're they're one less dumbass. I mean, so that's probably good. They have one less dumbass at the moment. And I was kind of thinking, you know, AB's gone. Um, maybe you decide that you can kind of f- fill that quota again. You know, the Patriots typically, let's be honest, do kind of have that one, you know, wild card in the mix who's kind of like you don't know. But And then the end, the end of the year comes, you say, oh, man, what a great guy, blah, blah, blah. Um I, I mean, I'm thinking now, I know I've seen, I'll let you 
hit on this because it's mostly your take, so I don't want to take it from you. Um, you said it a lot. The Patriots could acquire him for a first-round pick. My guess would be plus a player like J.C. Jackson so that, you know, because I've looked at it in terms of baseball terms when teams trade prospects. In my opinion, you would have to trade a prospect with a future, which would probably be J.C., um, plus that first. So let's say that you do J.C. and you do that first. You get Jalen. And then, as you've touched on a lot, in a year or so, you can do what with him? Yeah, exactly, LB. A lot of things that uh, people didn't really think about this, but Jalen Ramsey has this year. He also has his fifth-year option. And as you may remember, it's kind of a similar situation to Brandon Cooks where you could get the player. And for my proposed Jalen Ramsey trade, I think I would offer like a first and a third, maybe a first and a second, probably a first and a second at the most. And at the end of the year, you could flip him. You could flip him for another first round pick, is what what I would do. Or you could, if you really wanted to, you could sign him. Gilmore's cap hit is nine mil next year. If the Patriots really like Ramsey, they could just give him a deal. And he's young enough to where he's virtually Gilmore's age when they sign him to the deal. So if they do really like him, trust the Patriots to sign him and make a really good corner again out of him because he hasn't been great recently, but he's also on the Jags, a shitty organization who, I mean, let's be honest, lots of Jags game late. Like none of the Jags games are competitive. Like had, they have a horrible locker room. Jalen kind of wants to win. Sure. He's maybe he's a shithead, but maybe you could, maybe you could offer a first form and something else or, um, you know, a player like you were saying, or a third round pick, second round pick. And by the end of the year, you just swap them. That team yeah. extends them, just like Brandon Cooks. That would be my idea. And um, also, O.J. Howard is a player I like to trade for and would think about trading for if the Tampa Bay Bucks decide that they just blow up the team and don't want O.J. Howard for. So I would not go all out on Jalen Ramsey because you know the thing that we talk about, O.B., this Patriots team is like really good. Their defense is really good. Their offense is really good. Nikhil Harry is supposed to be coming back. Isaiah Wynn is supposed to be coming back. They have a lot of young contributors. Like they don't need to trade for Jalen Ramsey, but they no. could trade for Jan- Jalen Ramsey. Like they don't need to trade for AJ Howard, but they could. And here, here are the ways they could. It would be very fun, and I think it would work. I think that. I know, I know you based on what, what I've come to learn from you over the past couple of years. One of your favorite discussions is um, free agency and players on the trade block. I know that you like you absolutely love it because I think that your mind goes bonkers just thinking about the possibilities. So I think about a guy like O.J. Howard. I, I started thinking about it immediately. Once Antonio is gone, let's say, I mean, I, I don't know the numbers. I'd imagine that you just got some type of cap relief by moving on from him. Um, even if he does get that money back, I have no clue, truthfully. But I'd imagine that there's some type of cap Breaking relief. Breaking news, LB. What? 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 Breaking news. The Patriots are number one. On Vegas odds to lane Jalen Ramsey. No way, for real, dude. Why not? Why not? Like I said, two days ago I was I was out. Two days ago I was out. They trade Antonio Brown's gone. Okay, so now you have some room in your locker room again. We can get a little goofy. We can bring in that guy. LB, I mean, this this may just be like a 
you know, our minds went straight from Antonio Brown to Jalen Ramsey because that's what fans do. Mine did. Mine did, and I wasn't even really in on the guy. Exactly. So this might be Vegas trying to, trying to like, yeah, come in here. We got a little uh, Jalen Ramsey to the Patriots, maybe. Just listen. You know, donate some of your money, and uh, you know it may not be based on real things, but sometimes when uh, Vegas puts the odds at number one things, they tend. They tend, they, to happen all, they tend to happen a lot of times, but this might also be like them just money playing us. But It could be. It could it, be, but, but I'm, I'm fairly certain they nailed it last year on Josh Gordon. I know for a fact they didn't. I'm pretty sure that they just nailed our Antonio Brown to the Patriots too. Yeah, exactly. So don't look now, but the Patriots are the Vegas odd favorites for Jalen Ramsey. And you could put, you could put Jalen Ramsey into the situation. And again, Jalen Ramsey, probably not the smartest guy. But you have a solid group, stable group of defense, Stephon Gilmore, Devin McCourty. I think what people overrate is like Jalen Ramsey would probably think about how much he would love being in a locker room and learning from those guys, LB. Like he would learn so much. What do you think? I'm sorry. I might have been on mute. I'm sorry, but um, I'm, I'm just thinking about it in terms of, okay. I saw some people talking about it the other day. Um, I don't think it was you. I'm fairly certain it wasn't you because I don't think you would say this. Some people said, oh, well, you know, you put two number one corners in a locker room and they and they don't – and it's a problem. Like Malcolm Butler and uh, <laughs> Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, it definitely wasn't you and Stephon Gilmore. And I was thinking, what? Well, here's the – I don't believe for a second that Jalen Ramsey would have an issue being, <laughs> you know, like SWAT. And the Patriots aren't your typical – Stephon Gilmore's R1. They'll actually at times put Stephon Gilmore on an island, but with the number two wide receiver as well. It's not always just Stephon Gilmore on the other team's number one wide receiver. They get creative with it, and they do that for different reasons. You know, they'll they'll put him on the number two, and they'll bracket the second guy. Do you know what I mean? I know you know what I mean, but but they always get creative with it. So I see no reason why Jalen Ramsey would come into a situation and say, hey. I'm not cover. I'm not. I'm not covering the number two guy this week while we win forty-three to zero. I'm not doing that. That's bullcrap. It's not me. It's come on. I think Jalen Ramsey would absolutely love it. Um, I think that Stephon Gilmore. Can you imagine? This defense is already approaching historic territory. I'll, I'll kind of let you segue into that in a minute. They're approaching historic territory right now. Can you imagine adding Jalen Ramsey to that? And I'll end this by saying. What do they always say is your best – what do people always say? Your best offense is a what? Tom Brady and a defense. <laughs> Tom Brady and a good deal. That's perfect actually. OB. So you nailed it. Exactly. So I can't think of a better spot for Jalen Ramsey actually. OB, I'm going to go ahead and brag on you for a little bit because most of the listeners know, but OB was – he was sort of a big deal in football. He'll tell you he wasn't, but he was. OB knows – Defense is different than offense. So if, you, if you're if you on defense and you just added a stud to your defense, do you know how excited you're going to be excited? You're, it's, not, it's not offense. You're going to be extremely excited. He's going to have a big play. You're going to be happy. You're going to have a big play. He's going to be happy. You want defense is different because you're trying to smack people and you want, want, you want the baddest dudes on your defense to smack people around, make good plays. And that's really important for defense. Like LB, if you, when you back, when you play, if they said, LB, look, we've got this linebacker. He's really good. He's going to line up right beside you. Hey, we've got this amazing edge setter, amazing defensive tackle. You'd be like, let's go. And you'd be dapping him up. You'd be hyping him up. 
it'd be amazing. I think defense is infectious, man. It's infectious. It's 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 different than offense for sure. Like, um, I know it's something that they say about in sports a lot. They say hitting is contagious, but on defense, it's the same thing. You you see a just watch a football game. Any, I'm not saying that people that that are listening to the pod don't watch football. Just pay more attention to this the next time you watch a game. And just watch the energy of a defense, a really good defensive unit. Just watch their energy in comparison to, say, an offense's energy. I mean, it, it's just different. It's different. I mean, you watch the defense. It's so much more about energy, whereas an offense, it's more like, okay, we got a first down. Let's keep going. Okay, we got another first. Let's keep going. It's not until you score a touchdown do you really see that excitement, right? Defense, every time you make a stuff in the backfield, you're excited. Every time you make a tackle, even if they got a two, three-yard gain, you see guys excited on the field. Every time you get a sack, you're excited. Interception, you're excited. It's different. Defense is infectious. It's contagious. When you add good players to a defense, it does a lot to a team. I mean, defense is just different. I mean, I, I remember early in the in the offseason here, um, early, in the, early in the training camp, I should say, the big talk was – Patriots defense was dominating the Patriots offense, right? And you and I discussed like a lot, like, look, that's just how it is. The defense is always ahead of the offense. It's a, the two units are very different. They're very different units and they feed off each other. But a defensive unit is like a whole different group of dogs, man. Absolutely. I'll be, I would be very excited for Jalen Ramsey. Also wouldn't mind if they didn't trade for Jalen Ramsey. But overall, I think it's I think it wouldn't be a terrible idea and I would be all for it. But LB something that's going something's going on Sunday, LB. Do you know what it is? I am gonna guess that it's the Patriots being the New York Jets by about fifty eight points. Is that what you mean? <laughs> exactly. You're exactly right. There's actually <laughs> there's actually football being played and you know I'm I'm watching the games. I'm watching the All Twenty Two. I'm rewatching the games. I'm thinking about stuff, and all I see is Patriots fans. Like I floated out, you know, who's who's Gilmore gonna take? And people are like, eh, who cares? No, this is the wrong thing to say. You know why it's the wrong thing to say, LB? Because Robbie Anderson needs to get shut down. Rob, exactly. He was talking shit about our boy Gilmore, <laughs> our our very very handsome no sleeve Stephon Gilmore, by the way. But also, LB, I want to see this September shutout because as our boy Gronky told us the Patriots allow less than 11 points. And this is the least amount of points any team in NFL history has ever allowed through three games. This is something that I want to happen. So I want the matchups to be just perfect. I want the defensive matchups to be perfect. I want like here, let's start off with the defense. then. so September shutout, that's what I'm calling it. I want to own the jets. I, me LB, I want to be on the couch owning the jets. I want the Patriots to own the jets. So Gilmore on Anderson, Jones on crowd. JC, J-Mac on Bellamy. DT's hurt, I guess. Collins or D-Mac on Le'Veon. Chung on Griffin when it's important. And I think what they'll do is similar to the Le'Veon Bell Steelers when Big Ben didn't play. If you remember this 2016 game, like it was kind of a closer game. What the Patriots did was they just put seven guys at the line of scrimmage. Always had one with um, Le'Veon. When he split out, they would sometimes give him a corner. Sometimes they'd give him Jamie Collins. But they're just going to dedicate their entire front at the line, I think, to Le'Veon Bell. Seven players, six players, which the Patriots really don't do often anymore. They The Patriots try to play as light as they can in a passing league. But I think for this game, you just stick these guys on them. 
you stick your good, extremely good secondary players on their not so great wide receivers, and you just say, "Let's go," and you give Luke Falk the absolute business with the amoeba front, and they're not a very good rushing team. They're not a very good pass blocking team. Their offensive line isn't very good. So I think this. I think the defense will have a field day, and I'm going to be looking forward to every single drive because I want the September shutout. I want the Patriots to dominate, and I'm I'm glad that people are finally noticed that this defense is like very good. Do you remember last year when people were making fun of me because I said this defense was very good? You idiots. I remember all too well, and I can't even name names. That's how well I remember. <laughs> Ob, you're right there too, Ob. I remember. I, I believe me. I remember. I mean, I. I remember you owning them, um, and then they had a bad week versus the Titans, and then they were back on you again. Like, uh, I told you. It was like, okay, come on now. I mean, they had a bad week. It was a disastrous game. Whatever. You know, shit happens. But look, this Patriots defense is like a different breed, man. This defense is insane. I'm trying. I remember I said this all last week. I feel like the Jets, even with Luke Falk at QB, um, are better offensively than the Dolphins were. I don't know why I feel that may. Maybe it's just because the Dolphins really suck that bad. And, like, I just – you know, they just are that bad. Um, I feel like the Jets should at least score six points. That's what I have in my head. I don't know why. I have I have it in my head they'll score six. Um, I, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that it's less than six. I, I just – for some reason, that's the number in my head right now is that they'll get down the field. They'll kick a couple field goals, but it's just going to be, you know, another – absolute not you know domination of a football game for the defense um i do like Le'Veon bell i think he's a great player he's you know another idiot from the steelers days what a shocker that those steelers teams didn't win any super bowls isn't it um you know with their with their triple b what did they call it the three b's or the the killer bees, baby. The killer, the, the the killer bees when they people, had been used to always argue with i remember always arguing like maybe five years ago about four or five years ago about how the killer bees were better than gronk edelman and whoever the they third, did whoever they the did third. so Dion people love the edelman people people love to come at patriots fans about that stuff but like who is usually won those arguments and then you like patriots think about that the steelers had bell brown ben they never won shit and truthfully i'm starting to see why <laughs> Maybe Tomlin's actually, like, the most zen, like, calm, insanely nice human being on this planet. Because he had to manage those tool bags. But I do like Bell as a football player, great player. Um, a part of me even thinks Falk has some talent, but, I mean, come on now. I mean, it's – it's this is another it, – it should be another chuck it up win, you know, even with the news today. This should be another dominating win. Their defense is just so good. Um, I just can't imagine. I, I don't see the Jets scoring 11 points. The Jets have always made it tough, though. I'll give them credit for that. Even when they've been bad, they've made it tough. So I'll give them credit for that. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right on the defense. Defense, very, very good. But I, I just want to see them suffocate OB. I feel like the Patriots are in FU mode right now. What do you th- I think I, you're right. I, I really think the Patriots will go in FU mode. Patriots should go in FU mode. Luke Falk really likes 11 personnel, shotgun, um, one read, pass, quick, very quick stuff. That's what they did with him last week, which he was he was decent at, but he wasn't really asked to do a whole lot. And now this week he's facing the Patriots who are going to 
jam the shit out of his receivers at the line. They're not going to let him just dump it off to Le'Veon. They're not going to just leave Le'Veon open. They're going to put the straps on, put the clamps on these wide receivers and Lev Bell. And I can't wait to see D-Mac or Chung or Jamie Collins just deplete this clown, Le'Veon Bell. The clown. Ah, the clown. Jamie Le'Veon. Collins. Someone Jamie deplete. Collins. You, you know. And Jamie Collins is itching for a big hit, I'm telling you, because I was watching the game, and there's a couple times where he's looking. The receiver drops the pass, and he's right there. Uh, the re- like, he doesn't get the hit in time, and he's looking at the wide receiver talking shit like, you really, you do realize, like, you were just about to be KO'd, right, before you dropped the ball. Is <laughs> Jamie Collins' face. So, looking forward to a big Jamie Collins hit on the bell this week. Nothing, no hurt. You know, he's going to be okay. He's going to get up. Everything is going to be okay. But Jamie <laughs> Collins course. is going to, he's going to be on top of him for about two seconds. And you're going to need a freaking army to pull him off of him. He is playing outstanding football right now, man. Oh, my God. He is playing so well. This is the best version of Jamie Collins I've ever seen. Ever. I, I don't know if he's trying to get paid again. If he, I don't know what it is, but he's playing just outstanding. Maybe he's just surrounded by more talent. And he can just, you know, he can just play his game and not worry about it. Maybe he has a defensive coordinator who doesn't have diabetes. I don't know. He just really couldn't relate to Matt Patricia. <laughs> can you blame him? I mean, this guy is a freak. I love him in 58. He just, people are like, I wish you still had 91. It's like, no, nah, man, I'm loving the 58 Jamie Collins. I'm digging this. He looks like a freak out there right now, man. It almost makes him look bigger, too, like wearing 58. Like, he just looks, like, more imposing, you know? Yeah, he does. He's just, like, I think it's because the 58 makes you think of a different style of player. Like, with when he's 91, you're like, you know, that's cool, but he looks kind of – he looks a bit small for a defensive end. But now that he's a linebacker wearing 58, it's like, man, this guy – that linebacker is huge. <laughs> Maybe you're right, actually. You know, it's funny you say that because I remember one time, I hate to even mention these guys because I'm not a big fan. Felgram Maz used to say about uh, when the Patriots drafted Dominique Easley. Um, he used to wear number two in college, which, of course, I loved. That was my number. Um, and he said, you know, it just kind of made him look like a savage. Like, it made him look crazy seeing a defensive tackle wear number two. And, and it started getting me thinking about that. It's like when a wide receiver wears a number in the 80s versus a number in the 90s. Like, would, would Jamie – would Julian Edelman look as cool in, like, 86 as he does in 11? I kind of doubt it, you know? Yeah, me too, LB. Like, numbers are a really big thing that we talk about all the time. Numbers are huge. Huge. you got to have a cool number. And this number says everything about you. Jim talk, baby. Jim corner. That's what we love. Jim Corner. You know what? Just a quick Jim Corner. Like the other day, I weighed myself, and I was just at I was just at the low end. I haven't been lifting lately. Like I've been, my shoulders been messed up. I, I'm I'm afraid to say I was like eight pounds under what I normally am, and wow, I feel bad pounds. about it. I feel, I feel like a slob. I'm not, you know, I'm not fat or anything, but I'm just I'm just atrophying. I'm getting skinny. Like, I feel like I need to eat all the time now, but I can't because I'm not lifting, so I'm not hungry. So I feel like a real piece of shit. And I just wanted to say that so I can just... <laughs> I feel like a piece like, of shit. So just later. It, yeah, it's just going to make me feel better so I can accept it and then change it later. But yeah, LB. I've lost eight pounds. And I'm depressed about Isaiah Wynn. <laughs> like, ever since Isaiah <laughs> Wynn got hurt, I haven't been eating as much. And I've just I'm been like, man, you. what is life for? Like, I've been doing <laughs> bicep curls so just in case I have to shake his hand and like... I can have a strong forearm grip that we talked about, but now he's hurt. What am I, I going to do? No, man. I, I hate that strong grip. 
man, I could do this with you all day. I hate that shit. That like I that firm handshake, like I gotta hurt your hand. Man, that shit is like it's like the most like what's that word? What was that thing people used to say all the time? Um, I mean, like your hardo is that the thing? It's like the most hardo thing ever. Like I'm gonna shake your hand really hard to make it hurt. <laughs> And the funny thing like, is, you always know the person that's going to do it. Like, you always look in yeah. his face and be like, man, this guy's about to shake my hand so effing hard. <laughs> he's about to just, like, he's about to shake my mom, my hand so hard my mom's going to feel it. Like, and it would just be like, oh, you're right, though. It's always that same guy, usually with, like, the sleeves and stuff, like, that, like, has been working out six months and did, like, some steroids. So, like, he's feeling really, really confident these days. So, like, he Googled, like, how to... Sh- how to give a firm handshake. He usually has a shaved head, too. He's bald. He lost lost his hair at 18. Jim <laughs> Corner, everyone. Everyone loves it. All right, Patriots offense, because the Patriots defense is amazing. We know. Patriots offense, now, back to their new look. The Patriots had the cheat code for one week. His name was Antonio Brown. Now he's gone. Hey, Philip Dorsett, back into our lives. We love it, I guess. Offense. I think the Jets defensively, six overall defense on football outsiders, 11th against a run, six against a pass. I think this, when you watch them, they feel better against the run and they feel a little bit worse against the pass against this. They have a really, they have a, they have a pretty decent slot corner. Their outside corners, not so much, not so good. I think the Patriots are going to attack them deep down the field. They'll, they'll probably manufacture blocking to help. Our good friend, um, left new left tackle, new house with Isaiah went out. They're going to help him a lot with tight ends and backs and stuff like that. So they're going to probably do a lot of three, two man routes probably occasionally. And I think this will actually be helpful because the Jets are very, are just really not good downfield, and the Patriots should Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, the rest of those guys when they do when they do play man or zone, they should have they should um, have a relatively easy time. A passing the ball against the Jets down the field and in the intermediate game. And also, like, when they do play, like, a little cover three, like, they can check, just check it down to James White, Rex Burkhead. I think those would be a fair – it might be a little bit tougher, but I think the Patriots will, will handle the Jets. A lot of play action. It doesn't really feel like a get into tight formations and run on first down kind of game. Like, it doesn't feel like a James Devlin – pound the ball at the Jets kind of game. I feel like that's the Jets. That's what the Jets would want you to do. But if you actually just spread the Jets out, you can you can really pass against them. Like Baker Mayfield went like when when the Browns blocked the Jets front, Baker Mayfield had an easy easy time. And the Patriots offensive line is much much better than the Browns. So I think they they won't have a tough time blocking them in the pass game. And I think they're just going to score at will. And the, people are going to be like, wow, Antonio Brown was on the team, and the Patriots are still this good. It's funny you bring up uh, James Devlin. I think I read today that he might actually not play, and it makes you wonder if it's, like, all bullcrap, like, oh, oh, yeah, he's hurt. Oh, that's right. Actually, I saw that, too, now that I think about it. I was I don't know if anyone knows this, but when you see me not tweeting for an hour, it's usually You're because I'm dead, I'm dead or asleep. <laughs> I do that all the time. It's funny because you and I did, like, we swapped – I was asleep when Antonio Brown signed, so like I was like popping into these chats, like, "Wait a minute, what's going on?" And that happened to you today when Antonio Brown was cut, and you were just showing up, like, "Wait, what? What happened?" 
So um, I know I definitely do the same thing. I nap a lot. I'm, I'm an old man, man. I, I love those cat naps, just falling asleep and just like, you know. But look, everything you just said, I love it. I totally agree. Um, there's no reason that you would really want to line up and run at the Jets' defensive front. I think that everybody and their mother pretty much knows that that's what the Jets do well. They have a great defensive front. The defensive line is tops in the NFL. It's really as good as anybody. Oh, sorry, LB. Um, I guess the breaking news. James Devlin is out for the game. So the, the Patriots probably won't be using a fullback. And if they do, it's probably going to be... Izzo? Um, Sonny Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> Sonny Michelle playing fullback. <laughs> I love kidding. it. We'll put yeah, a real yeah, bun him. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I had to guess, like let's say that you put a gun to my head and you were like, yo, so James Devlin's out. Who's their next fullback? I would probably guess Bolden. I don't know why. Something tells me Brandon Bolden could play fullback. He has that look to him that he could play fullback. He's a special teamer. I know I saw people saying Izzo earlier, like, you know, Izzo probably could, but I don't know. I would just for some reason think that Bolden would be that second string fullback. And I don't know why. For all I know, he's a terrible blocker. I'm just totally guessing people. Then that's kind of what you just have to do. Yeah, that's kind of the whole point of fullback. I know that it's like it it gets a little bit more complex in the NFL because there's reads, there's understanding what your offensive line is going to do, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I would just guess. 100% 100% like just if I was spitballing I would guess Brandon Bolden I don't know why maybe I'm just a Bolden stan I used yes. to play Grand Theft Auto, uh, Grand Theft Auto with him on uh, PlayStation he's actually oh, wow. a cool dude wow wow and then like it's funny how the Patriots actually played Grand Theft Auto in real life and that was Aaron Hernandez <laughs> and Antonio Brown maybe <laughs> and uh we got a lot of it we could probably keep going maybe we should <laughs> Aaron Hernandez. Oh, man, what a great guy he was. You know what's crazy is that, like, we just – the Patriots seem to just continue to just keep bringing in questionable characters, but they keep winning, and I think they can usually handle one or two, and that's why Jalen Ramsey's going to be here in no time. I do like that you brought up the, uh, the Jets, though, because, I mean, let me ask you straight up. Do you think the Jets can score 11 points on this team? Look, there's two things I know in life, LB. Mm. One, one, Josh Gordon is handsome. Two. Yep. Two. He is handsome. Two. The Jets will not score more than six <laughs> points against the New England Patriots. Gun to my head. I and love it. They, That's my number. If they, if they do Belichick out, I will be on Twitter. Belichick <laughs> out. <laughs> no, I won't, but it'll, it'll be funny. I'll still do it, but I won't be serious. You know what? Occasionally, I'll actually t- I'll tweet something really funny because, you know, it's it's like an inside joke with the, like the people you follow and your followers, like Belichick out. But then you'll have the, the, the outsiders, and they'll be like, oh, look at this clown. Like, clown. <laughs> look at this clown talking about. Bozo. Yeah. How dare dude. you? He's won six Super Bowls. And you're like, <laughs> what? Wait, what? What are you talking about? He's, he's better than you. All right. I mean, okay. Yeah, it's always yeah. fun. That's it's funny that you say Josh Gordon because, dude, he's kind of been the forgotten man now. These exactly at least these last see how many days he's kind of been the forgotten man. I think week one he was very much you know remembered because we all pretty much saw him score a touchdown and he looked great. And then last week he was kind of you know not not really a focal point at all. But I mean, they still have Julian Edelman. They still have Josh Gordon. I say no problem. 
Exactly. That's that's exactly what I said. They still have an extremely good team. Like I was talking about them being one of the best offenses in the NFL without Antonio Brown. But I still think they'll be a really, really great offense. And now you just upgrade Josh Gordon's role a little bit. You know, Phil Dorsett is like decent this season as the third spot. You still have James White, like you just said. And Josh Gordon is also very good at football. And they really they didn't do anything creative with Josh Gordon, who's essentially just the decoy the whole game, because I think the Patriots knew like Howard's going to follow him. He's going to hold him all game, all game long. We're going to sacrifice Josh Gordon to Xavier Howard today. And that's kind of just what they did. But now, you know, you can do all sorts of stuff with Josh Gordon. He's essentially, he'll take some of the pseudo Gronk tight end routes. He'll play inside a little bit, which he did last year against the Jets as well. So I think the Patriots will just spread the Jets out. And they'll just shred him. Tom Brady will shred him. He's looked amazing. New house will be good. I'm not I'm not concerned at all from either either sides of the ball here. Thing to watch, LB. Thing to watch. You know the thing to watch is? Um as far as actually losing the football game? No, the, the thing to watch is did Steven Guskowski recover from being a coward or is he still a coward after two weeks? Oh, he's he's still a coward. I, I, I have a feeling he is going to miss a kick or an extra point this week because oh, yeah. he is just mentally effed right now. And you know like, I'm not rooting for him, too. I, blame, I, I love blame, to be wrong. He's blaming the punter. He's, blame, he's blaming the holds. Guarantee it. He needs Ryan Allen here, coward. Yeah. I'm just so tired of that dumb freak. Man, it's incredible. Okay, so score tired OB. Of that weirdo. OB, the thing we do on Title Talk, we give our scores. People can come back and listen. So... You know, people all week, they ask me about, you know, what's your score? What's your prediction? People hit me up. You know, what's Tom Brady going to do? Here's what's going to happen. The Patriots, they're at home against the Jets. You will you will inadvertently fall asleep in the third quarter because the Patriots are kicking the dog shit out of the Jets. It's gonna, there's going to be about seven minutes left, and you're going to wake up with two minutes left in the fourth, and be like, wow, what did I miss? The answer is nothing. You missed nothing because Jared Stidham was in the game. The score was 40 to zero. It's going to be a blowout. It's going to be bad. And people are going to say, well, you know, this might be a close one. You know, the Jets playing tough. No, that's no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the wrong take. The correct take is the Patriots are going to block their front. Tom Brady is going to shred their corners. The defense is going to suffocate Luke Falk. And at the end of this game, it, you know, it would not shock me if Luke Falk at halftime retired, LB. Like if he was just like, I'm done, I'm done. Stephon Gilmore, I'm done. I'm out of here. That would not shock me at all. If Adam Gase was blown coke in the Pats locker room at halftime, would not be shocked if the Jets were just on to the next week by the end of the second quarter. They're going to throw them out, and the league's – you know, everyone's everyone's going to spin this weekend saying things like this, LB. They're going to say here, – here's what they'll say. I'll just go ahead and say it. Oh, Phil in the blank team has a chance now. Oh, yep. this game might be close now. And the Patriots are going to waltz out there, and they're going to give a big old F you to everyone. Say, no, no, no. We didn't need Antonio Brown. But what we need to do is kick the shit out of your team and <laughs> do it every week, and you will cry about it. And Tom Brady is probably not coming out of the game. I actually lied. He's just going to stay in the game and run up the score on the Jets. You know, of all the things you said, that was the craziest. I mean, come on. Tom Brady out of the game in the third quarter? It could literally yeah, no, be 59 to not nothing. Realistic. I don't think he's coming out. That's not realistic. That's not realistic. <laughs> I mean, last week, him throwing up, you know, whatever, um, <laughs> with a couple minutes to go was just 
that was life right there, man. That's like a mood right there. You know what? You know I what loved it. Mood, LB? Do you know why that's a mood? Because as Patriots fans, we desperately we we love Tom Brady. Okay, like we're not a, we're not ashamed to admit it. We love him very much. And when people come on Twitter.com and in real life and slander our homie Tom Brady, and we watch these games, and Tom Brady is handing the ball off at the five and at the three and at the one. And we're like, man, come on. I just want to see Tom Brady have some good stats so people will shut up a little bit. <laughs> shut up a little bit about him. And he finally he's finally stat padding with the screen pass at the end, and it was amazing. That's why, because he never stats pads. Um, I'd say that he probably stat padded um years ago in week 17 last year versus the Jets. He definitely padded some stats. Belich, but at the same time, I don't think it's as simple as padding stats. I think that Belichick is a total weirdo about like making sure that the offense is in sync and making sure that the offense is crisp. And they did that last year versus the Jets, and then it carried over the next week to San Diego. Not the next week. They actually had the next game off. But uh, divisional round versus San Diego. Not San Diego. It would actually be Los Angeles, but I still call them San Diego to this day. Um, but it was honestly awesome. I love when they let Brady pad his stats because – We've seen Rodgers do it for years, and everybody acts like he's the greatest quarterback ever because he has such a great TD-INT ratio plus passer rating. So, you know, F Aaron Rodgers. He's a total freak weirdo loser. Um, and then, you know, you got – I know that this is something that you had mentioned to me a few times, but F Eli Manning. I hope he doesn't get into the Hall of Fame. I think he sucks, and I think Julian Alma is better. I'm crying, OB. Julian Edelman's better. Yeah, he actually is. Um, OB, Patri- Patriots are going to win. You don't have to give your score. Your score probably is going to be like, you said oh, 58-0. I do have a score, actually. I do have a score. I was going to say 37-6. to That's what I was thinking. Okay, Six points. Patriots good... score 37 in between Dolphins, in between Pittsburgh. Uh, but I was thinking 36, 37-6. Okay. I-, I like it, OB. I really like it. I like the switch. Because now we get to talk about something fun. And you know what? The best part about being a Patriots fan is just looking around at the league being extremely shitty and it pissing you off when people that are extremely shitty getting into the Hall of Fame. When, when a lot of Patriots players from, the, from Dynasty 1.0 aren't in the Hall of Fame and they were also really good and they also really won, which is why it's kind of like makes you mad a little bit. Eli Manning. Now let's talk about it objectively here. Objectively. Okay, so let's, let's let me just bring say out... that let me just say that you had the greatest take I've ever seen on this the other day, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay, so I'll go ahead and say it. The Patriots are so good that people think a quarterback who's hovered around average or worse his entire career deserves to be in the Hall of Fame because he beat the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. That's actually the uh, that's actually the take. That's it. <laughs> it is, but I'll explain myself here. All right, LB, here's my take. Zero all pros for Eli Manning. Now, two Super Bowl MVPs, yes. Probably never been a top eight quarterback. My take is that the Hall of Fame is for people that change the game, were tops in the league, or they were good to really good for a long time, and they also happened to win a championship. Like JJ Watt's a Hall of Famer because he's amazing. Didn't win a champ. Didn't win a championship. Probably won't. 
Um, same with Dan Marino, a really, really amazing player, no playoff success. But the thing about it is, I know, Super Bowls are the best. You know, you want to win Super Bowls. But here's what you're telling me if you're telling me that Eli Manning, who was never top eight at any point, and, in, and for a lot of his career, he was actually very bad. The 07, his 07 year, Football Outsiders had him as the number 40 quarterback in the NFL. And then, so that that's right there. 16 games of bad. Then 40? About, yes, 16 games of bad. And then four games of good to really good, which LB, like, if you're if you're saying Eli Manning goes in the Hall of Fame, then you're telling me that quarterback wins matter. And if you're telling me quarterbacks wins matter, then I also have an average quarterback who lost more than he won for the majority of his career. So if quarterback wins matter, then that means he was either the problem. For the for all of those games, for all those two hundred and thirty plus games he played, or in the playoffs he was just carried by a very hot team twice. So what is it? Do quarterback wins matter? And Eli Manning deserves to get in the game because he was average for his entire career and just also happened to win two Super Bowls against the greatest dynasty of all time. Which, in fairness, he was good. But was was Eli Manning amazing? No, he was not amazing. No. He was good, not amazing. So he wasn't amazing. And he's played 12 playoff games versus 230-some games. It would, like, this is, if he had, okay, if Elon Manning had way more playoff success, his playoff numbers way better, and he, and he made the playoffs every year, always consistent, it would probably be different. But he didn't. And if quarterback wins matter and are important, for the most part, his team stunk. Yeah, Eli honestly makes no sense to me in terms of, like, NFL historians and, like, his Because, I mean, you think about it, right? Phillip Rivers was way better statistically, had some great teams, probably had some better teams. I mean, but yet Eli, for whatever reason, like, he is the most confusing player ever, man. I, I personally don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Truthfully, I don't. I disagree with the people who will give you that rhetoric, you know, well, he won those two Super Bowls, he did it versus the Patriots, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's all good and great, but I mean, he was never a great quarterback, he was never a great player, he was never even a, I, I was thinking the other day, I said, was he ever top five, and then you said, he was never top eight, so I said, oh, you know, maybe he was top ten a couple times, is that really Hall of Fame? Because I don't think it is. I think that Eli kind of was just very mid most of the time. He made a lot of dumbass plays. I have no clue. OB, do you realize how much on Twitter we've just sat there and be like, Eli Manning face because he looks like a total dork and he's playing like shit. Do we forget these things? He's just not that good. He was never that good. Like, granted, yes, he had that those two very good Super Bowls. And if you look at the numbers... He wasn't great in either one. Was he, he was great? Good. Not great. He was good. He was good. good. He great. wasn't. We've seen Brady play better and lose. I mean, we watched Brady play better and lose not long ago. And I mean, Brady was pretty good in both of those Super Bowl losses. I mean, look at the numbers and and you just watch the game objectively. He was pretty good. He wasn't bad. Brady wasn't bad in either game. The Giants have the better defense. You know, Eli gets – I guess we're all guilty of this at times where we give the quarterback too much credit, right? I mean I think that everybody does it, but 
I'm sorry. When you're talking one guy has six rings and nine appearances, you're talking Joe Montana, four rings, four appearances. You're talking Peyton, two rings, four appearances. Peyton was 10 times. You know what? Let, let's eliminate Brady from the argument. Peyton versus Eli. Is there even a – would anybody even sit there and be like, oh, well, Eli was actually better than this person because blah, blah, blah. Would anybody sit there and tell you that Eli's better than Peyton? And like you would take them seriously because of these two Super Bowl wins? Peyton was 10 times the player that Eli was. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Do you think that the Giants would be a 500 team if Peyton Manning played there for his entire career? Now, granted, would would the Giants win in 07 with Peyton Manning? Can't answer uh, that. Don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, the, but they did – but the Peyton Manning at the, at the end of his career also did – kind of get it done playing really bad. So I don't know. Maybe he not. Did. Maybe not. Maybe so. He, Maybe he does. You know, but I've decided I was going to back off Peyton for that Super Bowl run. Because you know what? Like, even versus Patriots in the AFC Championship game, he made those two passes to Owen Daniels, man. They cooked Jamie. They cooked Jamie Collins. I mean, sometimes you do need to make those winning plays. It might not look great statistically at the end of the day, but Peyton did his part in winning that Super Bowl. Was he great? No, his stats actually sucked ass. But I hate to totally just lean on stats in itself. I'm sure you would probably agree that like looking at just the stats is probably not the best way to go about it. But look, I, I don't know. For me, it's like if Rob Parker the other other day said that he would take Eli over Tom Brady in a big game. That is just fucking goofy. How many? That's my first f bomb on the pod, by the way. I think. <laughs> How many playoff games has Tom Brady won? I think he's won thirty. Maybe more by now, right? I think the last time I looked, it was thirty. He's played forty, and he has thirty wins. Maybe. Maybe I haven't checked since he actually played the Super Bowl, but I think it's thirty. I think it's forty. I could be <laughs> it wrong. Gets, though. It's, I mean, it's pretty LB, bad. Look, there's so <laughs> many wins. Like there's like the seasons sometimes run together when we're like, do you remember? Do you remember that season when the Patriots won a Super? No, I don't remember because there's like a lot of them. So which one? Oh, do you remember the one where Julian Edelman won the Super Bowl? No. Well, he won three. Don't Super remember. Bowls, so. Do you remember the one where Gronk missed that Super? No. Well, there was there was that one time where they won the Super Bowl. Like there was Gronk. a couple. There's, and then they won earlier in the dynasty without Gronk. <laughs> yeah, so there's just too many playoff wins here. Yeah, but Eli Manning, I don't care what anyone says. I don't care. He didn't revolutionize the game. He yes, he yes. He had a he had a good playoff run. He won four games twice, but the rest of the career was absolutely awful. Twelve games, twelve games, where he played. How many games did I looked over the numbers in those twelve games, and I remember him. He probably played amazing for like four, and good for pro- really good for probably two, and good for a couple more, maybe like one or two more, and then not good in a couple. So, twelve games versus two hundred and thirty some, like that's 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 dummy math to me. The Hall of Fame and Super Bowls, like in my opinion, the Super Bowls are supposed to be for guys that like were very good, very good, were like good but not elite. So not elite guys. Like, let's think of a guy that's just outside of the top five. Like, if he wins a Super Bowl, he's in the Hall of Fame. Oh, man. He's a, he's a guy. So 
How about Aaron Rodgers? He's won a Super Bowl, but what are your thoughts on him? Is he better than Eli? <laughs> yeah, it's close, LB, but I'm not sure. How about how about Matt Ryan? Is he a Hall of Famer, LB? Oh, I love Matt Ryan, Boston College guy. Love Matt Ryan, man. Is he a Hall of Famer? Balls bottom. Uh, right now? It, I'd no. say Matt Ryan is a guy that if you said – you could look at his numbers and say, yeah, his numbers are pretty good. You know, They weren't always the best, but they were pretty good. And if let's say he just balls out, has a nice playoff run, you'd be like, man, I think Matt and Ryan which, might be a Hall of Famer now. That's that's what that's what Super Bowls are for, for guys that are just pretty good for a long time like Matt Ryan. Okay, even better example, Philip Rivers. He goes on, he has – let's Roma. say that he – Tony Romo Romo had better better numbers than Eli. If he would have won a Super Bowl, we would have been like, I don't know, man. Maybe he's a Hall of Famer. He was better than Eli. And it gets confusing because I'll I'll be the first person to admit to you that I can, like, off the top of my head, remember a few times that Romo just totally choked. He did. He had some choke, choke, choke bag moments, right? But he also was just really, really effing good for a while, man. Tony Romo was fantastic. Um, I mean, Philip Rivers, let's say that he goes on. He has this historic playoff run. They win a Super Bowl. Let's say that he goes on. He has an average playoff run. He wins a Super Bowl. He probably becomes a Hall of Famer. I guess the question is, (sighs) would he be, I guess, right? I mean, I guess he would be. LB, people can lie all they want. The the pe- the reason why people like Eli Manning is because he beat the Patriots twice. <laughs> That's the That's reason exactly why you're why. sticking up for him. You're anti-Patriots. Let's say let's say Eli Manning beat the Ravens once and in eleven and in 07 beat the I don't know, fill in the blank team. Chargers. He, yeah, Chargers. Is he a Hall of Famer? No. I, like we're not, I don't think we're talking about this much. Eli Manning, God, this is so annoying to me, but if, if Eli Manning gets in the Hall of Fame and Julian Edelman plays a couple more years, has maybe th- three to four rings, like, you're starting to give guys like Julian Edelman the Hall of Fame. Like, that would be the that would be the only good thing about Eli Manning getting to the Hall of Fame is that some of these other Patriots players from Dynasty 1.0 could get into the Hall of Fame because they were also, you know, not the greatest players, but they also won a lot. I don't think they would. I don't think it would work that way. I think that people are stuck on quarterback, man. I really don't. I mean, Rodney Harrison, Patriots Hall of Fame, correct? Is he going to sniff the NFL Hall of Fame? I think he should. Yeah, he should. Ty Law's not in the Hall of Fame yet, is he? No, he is now, finally. He is now, yes. I think so, yeah. Last year, right? pisses me off. Yeah, yep. It pisses me off because there are people out there that are like, oh, no, he doesn't. It's like, no, dude, he actually quite literally he changed the revolution. Game. Yeah, he changed, he changed the, game. the game. You used the word revolutionized. He did. He re- he changed football. He was so physical with people in the early 2000s. And this was after guys like Mel Blunt in the 70s and other guys in the 80s were just so physical with wide receivers. He changed it even more to the point where they said, okay. Time for another rule change because this guy is just dominating the shit out of everybody. Absolute Hall of Famer. Fantastic football player. It's sad that people think about rings as a Hall of Famer. Like, it, it only seems to work for quarterbacks. And, I mean, I'm a Patriots fan, but I'm not stupid. Tom Brady isn't the greatest quarterback of all time because it's just Super Bowl rings. So, I get, 
I guess I get annoyed when I see people like they'll jump into an argument and be like, well, Tom Brady has six rings. So end of argument. It's like, no, you can get way more elaborate than that. You could narrow it down to four rings. You could you could chop off a couple of rings, and he's still the goat because of stats, because of numbers, because of all the shit that he's done for so long. So I, I get annoyed. I feel like sometimes Patriots fans get lazy and they say, "Well, six rings, end of argument." It's like it is the end of the argument. I agree, but you can actually like obliterate people more if you actually elaborate more on some of the stuff that he's done outside of just winning Super Bowls. Exactly, like fathering every single NFL franchise, except the Broncos. Except for the fucking Broncos. Oh, God. The Broncos and the Giants and the Ravens at times. Mad annoying. <laughs> Mad annoying. I wish Tom Brady could get revenge somehow, but it'll never happen. He can't be I know, perfect, so old. He can't be perfect. <laughs> I hope he plays till he's 45. I hope he plays till he's 50. I mean, he can be average and still keep playing. I don't care. I love Tom Brady, you know? Like, people think I'm joking when I'm saying that. Like, this captain goes down with the ship, okay? He can stay as long as he wants. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Tom Brady could be 60 years old thinking he's good at football, checking it down every play, 100 yards a game, and I'd be like, it's okay, Tom. It's all right. You're doing just fine there, buddy. <laughs> They'd probably, <laughs> they'd probably still win, too. Yeah, Just by making like, <laughs> People would be like, you know what? Belichick he made system. that check down. Belichick would be dead and gone by this time, and the system would still be living on in Tom Brady. I would actually like to see Tom Brady outlast Belichick. No offense to Bill. I love Bill, man. I do. I've said this a million times. I don't know if some of the younger guys love Bill as much as I do. I do. I love Bill. I love Brady more. Like, I've tried to be clear about this. I think people take it the wrong way. I love Brady more than I love Bill, but I do love Bill. It's just, I guess that Brady comes across as a genuinely nice human being, whereas Belichick comes across as kind of a scumbag at times. Um, but I love Bill. You know, greatest coach ever, man. In my opinion, you could have made him the head coach of a basketball team, and he would have won championships because he's just that talented. He's that weird. He's that, like, into the whole thing. He could be successful coaching at any sport he ever wanted. But I'm more of a Brady guy over Bill, but I still love Bill. And I would still love to see Brady outlast Bill, though, and just win a championship without him. I think you kind of understand why. Oh, yeah. We love our dear friend Tom Brady. But, yeah, I'll also like Bill Belichick. Like, I also have coached sports, and I really have actually taken a lot of things from Mr. Bill Belichick. Like being sometimes being a sarcastic asshole and demanding a lot from your players, but also doing your homework and trying to be a smart the smartest person you can for those people as well, which I do appreciate about Bill. He's all he's also he's occasionally awesome. He is occasionally awesome. You gotta give him credit for that, yeah. I mean, even if you hate Bill, there's times that he is hilarious. Like uh, I'm still a little bit depressed about the AB cutting today. I, I, it just hit me. They they released AB. You know, it's well, kind of sad. Here's the good news, LB, and you're going to love this the most. Now the Patriots are under, underdogs again. <laughs> I already saw a Jets fan tweet this, you know. I swear to God. I'm going to send you the tweet. I'm going to send you the tweet. A Jets fan was like, Patriots fans claiming that they're the underdogs again. It's like, you goddamn right, baby. It's coming. Let's yeah, just make this right. like a whole thing. Let's just seriously embrace the underdog. Like, 
even if the Patriots continue to win like 58 to zero, maybe we should just do it all year. Yeah, dude, it pisses people off. (laughs) Patriots without their best left tackle. Antonio Brown leaves the team. Tom Brady doesn't have his first round wide receiver. He's on IR. He's passing the balls to a former college quarterback. (laughs) Philip Dorsett, who everyone thinks is a bust. Josh Gordon, who you never know what could happen <laughs> any, any week of the season. And, like, you don't know what kind of shape Josh Gordon's in. And Tom Brady just continues to do it, and the Patriots just continue to win. People say the Patriots' defense isn't that good. Well, now they're historic, so weep about it. And this reminds me also, be as a good finishing touch, do you, do you know that Bill Belichick in the offseason said that he wanted the Patriots to be just bigger, stronger, more athletic? And now that you look at them, they are. They're better looking. Yes, oh, they are. I was, I was thinking of our last podcast. I'm sorry, buddy. They're, oh, they're bigger, stronger, handsome. faster, and, yep, they're more handsome. Better oh, my kissers? God. They are better kissers. Sam Darnold, he's probably kissing the wrong people. <laughs> he's a weird <laughs> freak. Sam Darnold. Bill Belichick said Demarius Thomas over there to just get him sick. He yeah, they made him. out. They were like, they were like, come here, Demarius. And Demarius went up there. They're like, uh, it, we're looking at your file, Demarius. It looks like you're missing a shot. It looks like you're missing a shot. We're gonna have to give that to you. And they give him a shot, and it just actually it's just mononucleosis, mononucleosis, and it, it just it just infects him with mononucleosis. He takes it to the Jets. They cut him. They know it's gonna happen. Well, they don't cut him. They trade him. They trade him to the Jets. They know it's gonna happen. And then they're like, they're like, look. We, inv- we we injected with mono. We know how Demarius is. He loves kissing people. That's why we saw him in the first place. He loves making out with dudes. Loves making- <laughs> oh no, Demarius Thomas. Welcome to the Jets. <laughs> we love it. All right, LB. Thanks for coming on, man. Um, the Patriots are underdogs, and uh, FF. The Patriots are underdogs. And uh, Demarius Thomas makes out with guys. W. Big W for him, by the way. <laughs> Big W. That's 